0: Here at Grow Counseling. I'm a licensed psychologist and the founder of Grow. We are a counseling practice in metro Atlanta and have offices throughout the city. Today, I've asked Ann to join us from our Peachtree City office. She does a lot of work with trauma, and um, we've just been thinking a lot and talking conversations in the office about how trauma survivors are really being impacted by. Um, the stress that we're all experiencing right now. So Anne, welcome to the show. Thanks for making the time to chat with us.
1: Hey, thanks so much for having me and thanks for organizing all these podcasts.
0: Absolutely. Um, So let's just start with kind of an overview. You know, I think trauma is a is a really broad category, and I think it's one of those things in the mental health field. When we talk about trauma, we know what we're talking about. But um, right. for those people who may be tuning in for the first time who aren't um, well-versed in the world of trauma research, um, let's just talk a little bit about what the basics of trauma are. Um, tell me what, what you think of when you think of trauma and some of the symptoms of trauma.
1: Sure, thanks. Um, so trauma is anything that causes you distress and what might cause you in an in a impactful way. So what might be distressful to some might not be distressful to others. Trauma has the impact of changing the way you view yourself, the way you view others, and the way you view the world. And so that's why I say, say it's more personal. It's a result of experience and trauma. Um, we've all been ex- are exposed to some of the PTSD Symptoms such as flashbacks, nightmares, and hypervigilance and numbing, but also there can be overwhelming feelings of depression, anxiety, mistrust of others, and difficulty in relationships. And those latter symptoms are the ones that sometimes don't get recognized as trauma symptoms.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great point. I, I think a lot of times people have experienced trauma and don't have a label to put on it. And so they're having these symptoms or these experiences. And it's hard for them to make sense of it because they don't really have a, um, a a way to understand what's going on. One of the things you mentioned that I think is so important is the idea that trauma is really dysregulating, and it actually changes our biochemistry. So, when we experience something that is significant and distressful, and and is is traumatic, it actually is something that. Um, renders our previous coping mechanisms, the way that we deal with things, ineffective. So we essentially feel like all of our tools have been taken away, the things that we would have previously used to deal with the trauma are gone, and now we just have this thing that's happened and we're sitting with it, which leads to all of these experiences such as flashbacks, nightmares, hypervigilance, the things things that you mentioned. And another thing about trauma that you mentioned that I think is really helpful for everyone to understand is that what you experience as traumatic and what I experience as traumatic may be really different things depending on how we saw it, how how many resources we came into the situation with, so maybe we're both in a car accident and you get out and walk away and sort of shake it off. But for me, it's internalized and I end up holding on to it and feel really traumatized by the experience. Maybe I become afraid to get in a car or to drive. So it can have really lasting impacts.
1: Exactly, right. That's a great point. And I think also what impacts this you've talked about the resources, but if other people recognize it, As a trauma and we don't feel dismissed or disbelieved that that the event happened.
0: That's great. That's great. Everybody kind of has a language to talk about Mm it. So trauma survivors, people who've been through these kinds of um, experiences, why are they more likely uh, to being affected by some of the stress of, of the recent events that we are experiencing?
1: So a lot of the symptoms that I described earlier, the hypervigilance, the um, anxiety, the mistrust of others, a lot of us are just experiencing that with this recent pandemic. Um, You know, we talked about we don't know who has the virus. We don't know when we're going to be able to go back to work or go back to school. And so I think many of us are feeling a heightened sense of those um, anxiety and mistrust. But for someone who's a trauma survivor, um, they're just already – activated on the system on a daily basis because of those changes that you mentioned earlier in the brain. And so um, they additionally have that feeling of helplessness and hopelessness. And so when life suddenly changes for them as it has with this pandemic and all the the systems that they possibly had in place um, are disruptive, then they're just that much more vulnerable.
0: That's great. I I think about uh, a scale of green, yellow, red, like green, you know, is the, the good zone, the healthy zone to be in, but red is the stressed out, overwhelmed, panic zone. And for so many of us, people live in the heightened yellow, almost red zone. Anyway, it doesn't take much. It doesn't even take a pandemic it doesn't take, but maybe a little everyday thing to actually push you into the red zone, let alone a pandemic. Of course, that's going to push a lot of people into the red zone. So I, I I like the word you use that it makes them more vulnerable. I think, you know, it makes them more fragile, more susceptible. Their bandwidth for handling some of these stressors doesn't start out as wide or as broad as the bandwidth that somebody else who hasn't experienced or recovered from trauma might might be. Mm -hmm. So you talked about, um, the anxiety that people feel. What if you notice that you're actually not feeling anxiety, but kind of a sense of calm and and peace, but you you're unsettled and you understand that you've been through trauma. Is that normal? (laughs)
1: Yeah, actually. Um, that's happened. It's happened to a couple of my clients recently. We've been talking about that. Um, those who I, I've noticed more that have maybe experienced complex trauma, which um, may have started in childhood, not just a single incident trauma like a car accident you mentioned earlier, or maybe an assault, but lived in um, homes where there was a lot of chaos that they learned to adapt at a young age to be able to um, really assess a room and decide what needs to be done quickly and to act really quickly just as survival skills as children. And they don't always recognize that they've even experienced trauma. And so for them, this recent pandemic is like, well, Hey, I've been preparing for this for my whole life, you know, and um, they may be actually the people that you want immediately when there is a crisis, because they can think really quickly on their feet and, and they don't get emotional. And part of the result of growing up in a, um, childhood where the home that's chaotic and some developmental trauma is that they've learned to numb their emotions because they just are either not received well by the people that they live with or um, they're just too big for them when you're kids and so they are not maybe appreciating or noticing the anxieties the rest of us are.
0: That's great. I, I look for people whose response doesn't match up to the situation in one direction or another. So these kind of extreme sort of responses, either extremely calm in the midst of chaotic situation, or really heightened anxiety that maybe doesn't fit the, the situation as well. So it's like this, the trauma can stimulate uh, reactions on either side of, of that continuum.
1: Yeah. And
0: for those who tend to downplay the
1: crisis or who really, we talk about thriving in crisis, um, the concern for them is when the immediacy of the um, situation subdues and we're kind of in our mode of we're all just staying at home, then they may feel a need to create some drama or crisis, mm-hmm. Um a mm-hmm. world in which they feel a little more comfortable, and, and you know that can impact the people that they live with, and maybe impact their jobs and such.
0: Sure, it's a it's it's when you have people who are used to kind of being able they've managed their environment and the level of drama or chaos that they have um, on a regular basis, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. we're asking people to pivot really quickly and shift and be okay in situations that they're not usually in. They're not usually at home 24 seven, or they're not usually away from uh, support systems 24 seven. So there's a, there's a lot of pivoting that's having to happen in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Let's talk sure, about sure. the mm-hmm. idea of emotional regulation. Uh, for our listeners out there that aren't familiar with it, talk for a minute about what emotional regulation is.
1: Yeah, so that's just being able to um, maintain sort of a steady state, you know, and so not letting the extremes of the emotions impact um, your ability to think clearly and such. Um, Because when we are in a heightened emotional sense, physiologically, the prefrontal cortex of our brain starts to shut down, and meaning that our ability to make good decisions and rational thought and such um, is, goes offline. And so it's really important to um, be able to be um, more steady in our emotions, so to speak, you know, because obviously the stress impacts your decisions and then it ultimately will impact your immune system as
0: well. Sure. So the, the more emotionally regulated we can be, the better decisions we make, the more analytical we are, the more methodical we are, sort of, engages, like you said, the prefrontal cortex in our brain, which allows us to think more clearly about things and be less emotionally driven in relationships or decision-making. What are some tips that you have, some ideas, some thoughts about how we can improve some of these um, physiological reactions that we're seeing, the, the dysregulation, if you will.:
1: So um, when physiologically, when we talk about those changes that happen when we are in a stress mode, which people might recognize as fight, fight or freeze, there are physiological changes that happen in your body. Um, your blood will leave your extremities to go to your larger muscles to prepare you for um, survival your heart rate will start increasing um, because the blood's leaving your extremities. You might notice fogginess in your brain or just a um, disconnect, so to speak. Um, my hands start tingling when I get really anxious, you know, um, and parts of your body that are not necessary for um, for survival shutdown. So like your digestive and your prefrontal cortex, as we mentioned earlier. So those little signs that you start noticing your body that I just talked about, when you recognize those, then you can you can intervene and start Trying to regulate yourself. And so, um, one of those we've talked about before is deep breathing, um, getting up and moving, um, meditating, uh, mindfulness, doing those things um, immediately. But one, some things that you can do just throughout the day, um, I heard this from um, Bruce Perry, Dr. Bruce Perry on the podcast. He talked about our dosage of regulation. And I think I interpreted it as like it's time lapse medicine. You know, um, yeah, we're all on sinus medicine here in Georgia, at least I am. And the time-lapse meds work so much better than just a big, powerful dose in the morning. And so, yes, we all are, are doing, or hopefully we're all doing, like a good 45-minute walk a day, which we've been recommended. But um, then time-lapse, it's like we want to um, try to do something to regulate ourselves, like every hour. So I've been instructing my clients to set an alarm, Spend your phone once an hour and get up and do something. Get up and move. Do a meditation. Call a friend. Anything that you can do that will help regulate yourself.
0: So instead of doing it all at one time in one big chunk, it's okay to spread it out throughout the day and kind of give yourself smaller pieces of that throughout the day, whether it be – meditation or the exercise or the connection.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I still think the 45 minute walk is great and getting out in nature, but just to be sure that that's not all you're doing to regulate yourself throughout the day that you are doing, you know, every hour trying to be um, purposeful and focusing on regulating yourself.
0: I know that we've also talked a lot about kind of limiting our exposure to media. There's an inundation of information, From the media, Mm -hmm. and so checking in to make sure you know what's going on is important, but also checking out to make sure you're not inundated is important.
1: So um, I would say just one last thing on the exposure media, especially like two hours before bedtime, make sure that you turn off media so that you can get that better rest. Um, Another thing that we need to recognize, because we talked about earlier, your um, prefrontal cortex shut down when you're stressed. Um, so it's important to recognize that, you know, you may have fluctuating cognitive capabilities. And so I use um, or I, and encourage my clients to write reassuring scripts, either um, on Post-it notes or index cards and just kind of place them all over your house, you know, so that you can see it because it's repetition sometimes is really important. So you might want to say, I'm okay, um, my family is safe, you know, things like the situation but it's only temporary you know um, I can think different thoughts if I want to and just have those little reminders that you see often to just help you keep grounded.
0: So those are those are the tips for um, if you are experiencing some trauma and trying to regulate yourself. what about if there's someone in your life who you love who's experienced a trauma how can we be? a good support system for people who are dealing with trauma during this time
1: you may or may not be aware uh, that your loved one is, um, has experienced a trauma especially if it's a was a complex trauma from childhood um, your partner may be you know functioning at a really high level and now that y'all are put in a position where you're together all the time you know you you might notice that your partner is a little more triggered um, by you leaving without telling them, or maybe the kids have slammed the doors or something. So first off, just get as much information about trauma as you can. I mean, um, do some research. There's some great information on the line, or, you know, Grove has some great resources, or we can educate you on trauma too. Um, As I mentioned earlier, um, don't be dismissive or doubting of their trauma. Their experience is theirs, and it's from their perspective. And so we want to just be really encouraging with them. And, you know, if you don't feel like you can do it, then just don't say anything at all. Sometimes that's a really good approach. Ask the survivor how you can be helpful um, and listen to them. Don't assume that what you would want um, and what would feel helpful to you is what would feel helpful to them want to make sure that we're giving them a voice because many times survivor victims didn't have a voice. Um, Stay available to them as much as possible and then don't try to fix their problems. We want to um, let them know that that we're there for them and we believe in them and that um, their feelings aren't too much for us and then we can tolerate them.
0: I think that piece of just being able to be with somebody while they're feeling something is really important. And I know when we love someone, we want to take away the pain or we want to make them more comfortable or our own insecurities about feelings come up. We want to fix the problem. And especially in these times when we are for long periods of time stuck, trapped, quarantined with other people, (laughs) I think it's really important to remind ourselves that, it's okay for people to feel what they're feeling. It's okay for them to be sad. It's okay for them to have a response to things. And we can check in with them. We can validate their feelings. And we can ask them if if it's helpful if we brainstormed some sol- solutions or tried to fix the problem. Usually people will tell you whether that seems helpful or not. <laughs> so I, right. I think that right. that just being present piece is is extremely important and so valuable as a a bystander, as of, you know, someone who loves, someone who's dealing with really big feelings or really big things.
1: You know, if it gets to a point where you're concerned, I would encourage them to reach out to the therapist. You know, um, we're doing a lot of telemental, but there was some time when it's been, um, people weren't sure if they could come into an office or if they could reach out to their therapist or not. So I'd really highly encourage them to get in touch with them. Uh, their therapist, or to get in touch with a therapist if they never have before
0: that's great i've I've been pointing people to their recovery teams, their support teams. A lot of people have those in place, but like you said, if somebody doesn't and they're wanting to start a new relationship, um, no matter where you're listening to this from, there are most likely therapists in your area who are providing telemental health care, which is a super fancy way of saying they can call you or they can do a video conference but they are available to you. So don't feel like you are alone in this if you are experiencing um, some of these traumatic symptoms that we've been talking about today. We also have some resources on our website, www.growcounseling.com. We have a link from the main page to a resource page specifically for COVID-19, has some information about distance counseling, and we'll be happy to help help get you connected with somebody in your area if you're not in ours we also have some other helpful resources on the website check out our blogs there's some um, a lot of information on trauma if you're interested in maybe trying to figure out if that's what you're dealing with or your loved one is so thank you Anne, for your time today this has been super helpful we look forward to all of you guys tuning in for our next podcast until then stay healthy and well